Eight o'clock on the dot. Let's go. An hour. Awesome. One hour. So we are now. Well, not live. This is gonna be. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say right. that every, you do that every time, time, my friend. <laughs> Hey, welcome to another episode of Dorks Are Us. This is going to be a fun show. We're talking about the Golden Globes. Also, some new trailers came out. Some very cool stuff that happened this week. And uh, before we get into all that, here's the intro. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. You're watching The Dorkening. Stay tuned. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, Get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Okay, Golden Globes, let's start off with that. How's that sound? Works for me. I'm good with the Golden Globes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I only know one winner. <laughs> <laughs> and what is that, Alex? Spider-Verse. Yeah, best animated uh, motion picture. It was up against Isle of Dogs, uh, Mirai, Ralph Breaks the Internet, and Incredibles 2. Mm. I've only seen... Um, I haven't seen Spider-Verse, but I liked, A, how they kicked the show off with that award. Um, and I think it kind of set, like, I thought, like, okay, Spider-Verse is going to get it. That means I think Black Panther has a very good shot of winning best picture for a drama whatever the category it was put into mm -hmm. so um, I, was, I was confused on that part right it was considered a drama but it, it's, it's why the martian was considered a comedy or something like that a couple years ago it's just yeah they want to nominate it so they have to find a way to fit it into the, it's not like the oscars where you have best picture or best super fan films coming out soon i think that's going to be an oscar this year you just have to be at the right coke party in hollywood to get yeah. your entry basically so like you know they have to do best musical or comedy uh picture or best drama picture because why not it's the hollywood foreign press but uh i thought that was going to set a pretty interesting precedent um for black panther and it didn't win so. no so uh what did win uh for best motion picture drama was bohemian rhapsody it was up against black klansman uh if beale street could talk a star is born and black panther I'm surprised Black Panther didn't win because yeah. I saw that there was a read like uh, IGN put out a thing saying Black Panther won best picture and they immediately took it down and people are attacking them every day of like, didn't Black Panther win? Because they accidentally threw something up. I mean, I'm not I'm not surprised um, that, that, that it didn't win at, at the end of the day. There was a lot of tough picks i mean i don't think it's going to win best picture at the oscars uh it's probably going to get nominated because the category can up to 10 pictures and disney's going to throw its weight around to get that nomination 
Um, it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, I think I didn't see Bohemian Rhapsody. I've heard nothing but good things about it. That was that came out the week of our wedding, so it was one of those things. Like we were like, if we could get a way to see it, we'll see it. Um, I mean, it, the Golden Globes kind of very much is a precursor what the Oscars are going to be. So you're going to have the fanfare of Marvel, and I bet you they're going to talk about it in the monologues and stuff like that if there is a host. But um, but like I said, I think the first step was Spider-Man winning Best Animated Picture. It's the first superhero movie to win an a Golden Globe not as a supporting character or a technical category. So I think that's, you know, the, you know, industry is looking around to it, but I've also heard the other side of the coin where the animated category wasn't good this year. Incredibles two was nothing special. Um, I I, I really liked it. it. I I bought it when it came out on Blu-ray. I really enjoyed it. It was, I thought it was really good. But compared to like up and inside out, and like Coco, like it wasn't on though that yeah. level. I don't even consider. I, I still consider Incredibles one being better than Incredibles two. Like the first one is definitely better. But like I was really hoping. Pixar has a thing with singles, especially uh, on yeah. sequels. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and yeah. that's Pixar's always been Pixar's problem. Is you know other than Toy Story three, where you you'd see toys questioning their humanity um, before they all got burned. Um, it was like one of those things where like, you know, Isles of Dogs, I like stop motion and that's like a legitimate stop motion. Um, and I was really hoping that was going to be win. But when I saw Spider-Verse was nominated, I was like, let's see. I'm excited. I definitely wanted to see if it was going to end up being, you know, best best animated film. And I think it's kind of the best opportunity to get the Oscar. It always has to do with heart, too. That's always what makes a memorable animated film, especially because no matter how much how big money gets with you know like like kids love the minions now but everyone still talks about the iron giant you know like you have to have something hard hitting there's always something that affects you and spider-verse definitely had a lot of heart to it it wasn't just another like oh here's spider-man's brand here's something that's not just another sequel not just another thing it's it's its own thing and it can stand on its own and yeah but i mean the iron giant wasn't financially no, no, I'm not saying financial. I'm talking about like it's. I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's got a soul. It has that going for it. That is also not only a good movie, but it's financially been successful for Sony. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. It's just like it's good once in a while where something that's genuinely nice and good and not just marketed out, you know, the wazoo, but just actually something that works for everyone. Well, don't and forget, I think everyone can relate. Don't forget, Boss Baby was nominated for Best Oscar last year, so Best Animated Film. So, I don't think Boss. I honestly don't think Boss Baby was that bad. <laughs> I've watched it plenty of times with uh, the little guy. And, oh my god, uh, <laughs> he's three, so he's like Boss Baby. So we watch it, and I've I've caught myself like popping my head in watching it, and there are some funny lines in it, and it, there is a cute little story to it, and Alec Baldwin's fantastic. Yeah, but it this, freaked um, me the hell out hearing Tom McGuire's voice again. I was like, oh, he's still around? Yeah. Well, uh, didn't uh, Life of Pets come out last year also? No, that was two years ago. That was two years ago? The sequel comes out this year. Oh, okay. Yeah, they also got rid of Louis C.K., who was the lead originally. Uh, is oh, yeah. Kevin James uh, now or something? Yeah. Well, well um, one thing we should touch on is uh, now you talked about um, attendance or viewership was down. But before we get into that, yeah. um, best television series, I think this here is, I think we're going over a cusp. Because uh, Kaminsky Method won, that's a Netflix original. Uh, Marvelous Miss Maisel was in the running, that's an Amazon Prime original. 
And uh, Barry and Kidding are HBO Good Place, which is amazing as well. So um, I'm shocked that we had a streaming service up for uh, nominated. Well, House of Cards was uh, House of Cards was nominated before. Like, Tran was it? Um, um, oh God, what's the show on Amazon that was um, about? Uh, Jeffrey uh, Longboard was the the father who wanted to be the mother turned into a mother trans. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. See so your brain now. The wheel clicked. So I mean, it's that happened. But you got to think what transparent. Is that that's what it is? Yeah, transparent. Yeah, transparent. So, so you got to think what what shows weren't out this past year. Game of Thrones had no presence. Yep. Well, Breaking Bad's done. Like, there's there are some heavy hitters that either weren't around, and so the you know, and that's good. Like, I, I was glad that Game of Thrones wasn't there. Like, you know, you had these big heavy hitters that weren't there and didn't have a presence. So you have shows like Marvelous Miss Maze, uh, whatever, and yeah. you have. Um, have Have you guys yeah. watched that? I watched like the first two episodes. It's funny. Yeah. I like that it's like in the fifties in New York. I think Alex. Uh, uh, Lois, basically from in Mad TV, uh, she's funny because she's the you know she's the straight man um, in the whole comedy. So like, but it just really didn't hook me as well as I thought it was going to. Like everybody keeps talking how funny it is, and it's funny like it's the sarcastic like Jewish yeah. humor, it, which is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and it's New York in the fifties, I think, and it's just like I like seeing that. Um, but you know, I, it just didn't hold on to my uh, attention for the whole time. My uh, my wife started watching it, so. Um... I caught a couple episodes and uh, I I really liked it, so I ended up watching it on my own. I just finished season one, and uh, when I was watching it with her, we watched most of season two. So I watched season two before season one, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, but uh, I haven't watched Kaminsky Method. I've heard it's good, but Barry, if you have a chance to check out Barry, Barry's phenomenal. I watched the pilot episode of Kidding on Showtime, and that looked really good. And um, uh, it definitely was something like if I ever get Showtime, I would definitely get it. But you know, my the two the two shows that I liked and I was surprised didn't make any noise whatsoever was Castle Rock. Oh yeah, yep. In Hill House. Yeah, yeah. Even I thought they would be up for like a technical category, like like especially the episode where they do like the the episode six where they do the the within the funeral home. Yep. And they're kind of jumping between the two bad thunderstorms. Just those long takes and the cameras and stuff like that. I was surprised they didn't get any like technical stuff for that. Yeah. See. See. This is where. What category? Like other than technical, what category could they have gone under? I mean, you, you weren't going to go to best picture, and you weren't going to get no best show. But like I said, I, I I thought like best director. Like I know they do director. Or was it? Or is that the Emmys? The Emmys. I think I'm getting the Emmys and the Golden Globes mixed up. Maybe. But I'm surprised. Like I said, I'm still surprised that like those two shows didn't get nominated for anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, that also that brings us back down to relevance. I mean, how relevant are these award shows now? I mean, it's they're not. They're not relevant. I mean, I I literally came in here and you guys were talking about. I just know the one. That's all yep. I know because <laughs> I genuinely because they always seem biased. They're always like, why? It just makes someone's resume look better. It doesn't even make 
like if something says it won a reward for something, it doesn't always make me feel more intrigued to watch something. You know, like if you see that on a Blu-ray or box set, like winner of, you know, best film Gordon Globes, like still might not be my cup of tea. Yeah. I mean, to be like, you know, we, the, the numbers, the Jen, when Jen came home, we talked about the, the Golden Globes, I think Monday or something. She goes, the ratings, the ratings were down 19%. 18.3 million people watched the Golden Globes. And it's not, it's the third worst audience, like ratings. And I'm sitting there being like, first of all, timeout. Who is watching? Like, I don't know who's watching this. Like, who is yeah. watching? And like, you know, let's watch, you know, you know. You, know, you had Andy Samberg and Sarah, Sandra O, oh, who are two of NBC's hottest people right now. Especially Andy Samberg with Brooklyn Nine Nine coming on uh, tomorrow. We're, we're recording this on the ninth. Tomorrow is the season premiere Brooklyn Nine Nine and NBC. Yep. Like, oh, that's great. We want that synergy. Andy Samberg's a funny guy, but like, you know, I, I could care less. Like, I think I YouTube the monologue and I watched the monologue, and then people were like, "You should watch some of the speeches." But even some of the speeches are like, "Dude, I don't care what you have to say about." the state of the world you just made 50 million dollars for playing you know a clown yeah like really care that you're upset about the politics of the world and all this that's that's kind of messed up to think like that though i mean they have yeah i do agree with you on that (laughs) i don't i like i said that's great like you have your opinion but you know it's just more patting yourself on the back what i always go to is the south park joke of the smug episode and the um, George Clooney smug cloud when he won his Oscar and stuff like that. It's yeah. it's kind of funny. I don't know if you're, you know, if you've ever seen, ever seen that episode. Yep. Um, it was just one of those things like, dude, like I'm glad that you're like active and you do these things. Um, but at the same time, it's like you make movies, you're an actor, you're an actress. I understand this, what you do and you're passionate about this. I also think it's because they're only saying it sometimes where they just want to stay relevant, you know, like, how there are some people that solely bring up, you know, points in politics because it's like, maybe they don't even think that way. But, you know, genuine, like genuine, like, like we need to talk about this right now. That's good every once in a while. But when it's like, like, over the head, like, like, or like every TV night or not, not TV, um, every late night show always has like the same joke about politics where it gets grading instead of being relevant. Well, yeah. And that's, and I, and and I'm not saying, like I said, some of the speeches you have are really nice, especially some of the ones are subtle, like the subtle speeches are nice, especially when like the last couple of years, they've been the me too movement and like times up stuff like that stuff. That that's cool. I want to see that. I want to see, you know, you know, when when people you know bring up the diversity in the Academy and they bring up, you know, how it's um, all these men are nominated for best director and all this stuff. And that's cool. That, that, that's a great way to institute change because this is your industry and you want that, you can change that and do whatever you need to do to do that. But like I'm without, but if everybody comes up to the stage and says the same exact thing, you know, okay, great. You're all saying this now. Let's, how are you going to help us change this? If you want us to follow your example, like, it becomes yeah. more of an ongoing joke than it is an actual like standing up on a soapbox type thing. Well, that's the thing. Like you're on your soapbox, and then the second the camera gets off it, they're off the soapbox doing their next thing. Their next junket. Their next whatever. Yeah. Because because technically, that you, you then you go to a junket, you go to that junket. Say they're doing whatever. You know, they're not bringing those topics up there when you literally have the press coming in and sit in front of you for 15 minutes at a time, and you can 
talk about whatever you want, like to a point. You know, I've seen some of the ridiculousness of junket videos. So, was this the show where Christian Bale thanks Satan? Yes. yes. Yep. Oh, sweet. Okay, sweet. I know something else about this. <laughs> yeah, he thanks Satan. And Emma Stone yelled, "I'm sorry about the whole um, white appropriation of an Asian character." Well, oh, yeah. I, like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> I was wondering where that was ever going to be brought up again. <laughs> well, like, and and that's like thanks Satan. Yeah, well, well, that was the joke too. I saw, like, I saw a joke being like the internet freaked out because no one realized that Christian Bale was British, <laughs> or sounded British, and no one knew like his his voice. It's yeah. Like you are talking. It's uh, like, well, not uh, the house. That's not at the house at all. So, uh, speaking of Christian Bale and playing Vice, uh, what how he abuses his body is absolutely insane. Yep. How he got his role in Batman. Yeah, but uh, did you see how much weight he gained for Vice? Was well, what that, was his weight? Do you I, know the number? I don't know, but he he was he was pretty big. Uh, there he showed a picture of him shirtless. Uh, and... Oh yeah, he has a full on belly. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he... Alex, Alex like shirtless Christian Bale. <laughs> what? <laughs> But I'm sure to... anybody would. As someone, I think it's more of a fascination now. That dude can d- drop to a skeleton, drop to like, go to muscle, and then get super fat. Yeah, like the guy knows his limits with his body. Oh yeah, but maybe he was really thanking Satan. Maybe he sold his soul, and that's you know that's yes. the special power. <laughs> also, I do love that the the Church of Satan, uh, the Church of Satan, actually is very active on Twitter lately, and it's uh pretty funny. They even said like they even like acknowledged that Christian Bale acknowledge satan <laughs> it's oh god if anyone's watching please yeah. go uh follow the church of satan on twitter they have some funny jokes on there well they well, they, they sued well, well they settled with sabrina at a court yeah. with netflix and warner brothers so they've been oh, yeah. in, they've been in the news for the last couple months so they're gonna that part that. wasn't cool that really wasn't cool oh. the church of satan to do what everything Warner <laughs> brothers for misappropriation of a statue yeah that was another show that you know should have been at least mentioned. No, no. And also, Sabrina, the the original actress who played Sabrina, got in some hot water lately because people heard she told her kid that only good people are the people who believe in Jesus or something. And that's weird coming from a woman who starred yeah. in a show that practiced witchcraft and shit. <laughs> Almost Joan Hart. Yeah, yeah, that's her. She also was like, was it? Uh, what was that '90s show? Yeah, that. Yep. Yeah, I, I I just feel that the the award shows either need to go back to being a private or like not on the not in like the major networks. Yeah. Like that's something that should be well, like on E. Well, I mean, the major networks, as more cord cutting happens, the major networks are be- becoming uh, less and less, you know, uh, um, needed or viewed. You yeah, know, in probably five years' time, they're going to be, you know, availability is the key to modern anything right now because that's why people don't even watch shows because I have shit to do. I yeah. can go home and watch Netflix. I don't have to go at a certain time to watch an award show. Yep. I think you could probably get more mileage out of doing a Razzies award show or something. I mean, like I said, I mean the Oscars have only been telecast. You know, they've been telecast for. Fifty or sixty years, they did it before, just in a group of room. Like you can still do that. Um, 
you know, you know, do it in there. And then if you want to release footage from the award ceremony, like that's fine. Like then you're not running into like, we have to do sponsorship. We need to make sure it's under three out. Like you're not this time crunch. So if it think, takes four hours to do it, then you've got it four hours to do it. Like, yeah. Yeah. but you And how do you even give a speech if you win? <clears throat> yeah. But money. What would you guys do to improve an award show? Uh, not televise it. What would you What would you do? Just keep it as a private event for people invited? I, I would think that you'd have to have multiple award shows because there's so much content now, so much diversity. Well, um, you already have that. You have the Emmys, the Golden Globes, the Oscars. Those are your three major film and television ones. You have like 18 music award shows now. There's 17 of them are country. Like, there's still well, too many. I also think that, like, I think one thing they could probably innovate, you know how sports usually have uh, cameras set up nearby the football field or something where you can get a VR headset and actually be there if you pay enough money to get, like, a virtual reality ticket or something? Have yeah. something like that for anyone to access where you can actually put on a VR headset or something and be there during an award show? Because that's what people watch. They like the glam and all that other kind of stuff, but it's kind of – overblown at this point it's like do you guys really care about like who's wearing who or what kind of dress not like the weird kind of vanity that people are somehow still interested in of like i don't care about who's wearing what dress and who's walking in with a suit it's no you it, you, you just want to know if yeah, did your favorite i i, st I still just love They're walking uh, advertisements for those particular fashion houses if you want watch, sorry watch adam ruins everything Adam Ruin Hollywood and his the majority of the thing is about the award shows and it's bonkers of what happens and what they do to win awards. Like a lot of the awards are bought. Like that's how they win. They just buy the awards. The company yeah. will just buy the Academy Awards. The fact that most of the ones that actually do win are ones that came out like right before the nominations closed because the people are so old they can't remember what are you are you telling me that Suicide Squad for best makeup didn't deserve that award over Star Trek Beyond with actual aliens and makeup? Are you yeah. saying that? <laughs> yeah. Well, you're right. Well, no, I mean, like I said, we'll go back to the Golden Globes, and this will be, this will be my last little rant on Golden Globes. Is the Hollywood Forum Press, there's 88 members of the Hollywood Forum Press who votes on these awards. That's a very – and you know them. Like, you know their name. You know where they live. Like, Hollywood knows that. And I think one of the actors in the Animal Ruins Everything episode, they were like, they will literally send the actors and stuff out there and take them out to dinner and take them out to lunch and send goodie bags and all this stuff and to, to sway votes. Like, it's unbelievable. God, it's like a whole new level of pimping. Yeah. Oh, it really is. Like, Denzel Washington made a joke of it in, like, his Golden Globe speech being like, yeah, I went and I went to your guys' houses and I knocked on your door and I had lunch with you and I signed stuff and I took photos and I made calls for you, like... I cry every night. So, I mean, I think, I think, I think, I like Alex... It's a Hollywood walk of fame, though. You want to monetize this? Do the VR stuff. Like, you want to be there? Then go to Los Angeles and be a part of it. Like, you Yeah, I'm just saying, like, if you're going to set it in modern day, either stream it, live it in, like, multiple platforms or something, or don't do it. You know, because it's... I don't understand yeah. the point of it when all, all of, like, the choices seem arbitrary in the end. Because they really do. Like, like I... My whole, like, concept of them already was completely sealed when they got Suicide Squad, which was, like, the most critically panned film of the year. And it got a reward that 
Billy deserved for something else, in anyone's opinion. You it know? lost me with the Dark Knight not being nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, that too. You know, it's all, it's arbitrary. Like, like oh, anyone so who a, knows what a good film is knows it's a good film. Yeah, it's like it's a, it was a superhero movie, so it can't be a good movie. Like that was yeah. one of the most critically acclaimed movies that year. Yeah, like, and I don't like Transformers, but I still think the people should get credit for their visual effects. Oh yeah, know? all that. Because they still snub that. It's just like, oh, it wasn't that good. It's like, well, the tech that they did looked great. You know? Like, is didn't they the same thing kind of... Did uh, Oz the Great and Powerful ever get nominated for something? Because they had was... good visuals in that, too. Well, yeah, it's visual effects. I think that was done by uh, ILM, so... Yeah. It's it's just like that. Is that at the end of the day, these it's cool to look into, but they're very arbitrary. Yeah, so... I mean, it is what it is. Nothing's going to change. Hollywood never no. changes. No, we're, we're still going to watch I still love how we get this bummer point where we talk about awards. It's great. And then we end. It's just like, nothing's going to change. It's just going to be a constant roller coaster of shit and it doesn't stop raining. Uh, well, you know what? Let's let's turn that frown upside down. And uh... All right. Well, talking about Golden Globe, Kevin Feige was just yeah. Mr. Uh, Chatterbox at the red carpet about uh, upcoming shows because this is Kevin Feige's first Golden Globes since becoming the uh, since doing all the Marvel movies. That's which ab- that's ridiculous. Blows my mind yeah. That this is his first one. Absolutely ridiculous. Hey guys, do you know who's making a lot of money in um, Hollywood? Ooh, 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 pick me. Pick me. James. Disney. That's right. Do you know why? Um, yo-yo, yo-yo. Because they own everything? That's right. <laughs> um. <laughs> um, but some of the stuff that Kevin Feige was talking about is he they brought up the uh, title uh, Endgame for Avengers, uh, and he stated that, no, Endgame, that was always going to be the title before Infinity War was being produced. Like, they said that was going to be the name, so they ran with it to a point where the writers threw it in there as Doctor Strange's like hint that everybody kind of was like, mm, that's it. It's just like an Ant Man and a Wasp being like, hmm. Um, I would hit anyone who did that in the theater if that was going on during Infinity War. That's it. Right there. <laughs> Punch, stab, slap, um, snap. Well, well, they also said um, all the marketing for Endgame is going to happen with is going to be footage within the first twenty minutes of the movie. That's awesome. Um, I mean, I'm still on the boat. Like, they released a trailer. They don't need to release anything else until the end of April. Like, you you have your built-in marketing already done. So I thought that was very, uh, very interesting that they're only doing 20 minutes and Disney's marketing team is already on board with that idea and plan and they're going to do their best moving forward. Uh, another topic that was brought up, they brought someone brought up Guardians 3. Uh, and he basically says Guardians will happen. If, uh, when, where, and how is a conversation for another day. So, you know, and then he brought up some other things about the acquisition of Fox and how he just is looking forward to play with these characters and stuff like that and kind of moving from there. But he was very um, open about Marvel moving forward, even though we have no idea what happens after uh, Far From Home. So, yeah. Also had something to say about Aquaman. Well, why? Because Jason Momoa was supposed to be Drax. No, no, he had nothing bad to say. He's this is great. 
doing well. I have like it's not a competition. I'm all for great movies. Yeah, yeah. Because, finally. Well, because, <laughs> because Warner Brothers is getting out, hopefully getting on their own way. Seeing like what Leo said a couple episodes ago, if Wonder Woman and Aquaman are good because Warner Brothers kind of kept their hands off the property and was like, just go make a movie. So. <laughs> I really like how Warner Brothers is slowly turning into the older brother that resented his younger brother for succeeding more and their parents loved him for all the stuff they did. And now finally they're starting to like, oh yeah, now I have a steady income. Okay, maybe I shouldn't keep giving shit to my brother now. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, speaking of Marvel, uh, where do you think, I mean, so we have uh, Captain Marvel coming out, which, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll talk a little bit about the, the new featurette and stuff. Um, and then we have Infinity War and then Far From Home. Where do you think they're going to go from there? I mean, I, that's... Sorry, go ahead, Alex. I'm thinking they're going to go for, since they're doing, you know, Captain Marvel and stuff, that they're setting up something with the scrolls, which will happen after all the events, to set up Secret Invasion, possibly a Secret Wars, and introduce Galactus... And have the Fantastic Four be a major part of the next step in the ongoing forward of the MCU. Yeah, I mean that's the one thing is Disney has been or Marvel has been very good at telling them, telling us what movies are coming out next. Like they remember they always put up the big timeline of movies because somehow Inhumans was always on that list and just sure. Um, but you know, I, I'm very curious. I don't know if they're waiting. They're waiting to see when the Fox merger will go through, which I thought was supposed to be January. They said, and there's still nothing. Um, well, I thought they gave it's a, time it's for... a, mo- a month and a half away now, right? Well, I heard it was. It, it could have been done by the. End, it can be done by the end of January, if everything goes through. But as you know, the government shut down. I don't know. Yeah. Um, That's a whole with... other topic. I'm with you. <laughs> Well, I think the next big, you know, they just did Infinity War. They're they're wrapping up that arc with Thanos from Avengers 1. I think the next one is with you. I think it's going to be Secret Invasion. I think it's going to be a Secret War, you know, Secret Invasion storyline that you're going to do three more Avengers movies, and that's going to be the climax of that sixth Avengers movie. And that's where I could see Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. coming back. Like, I don't... I don't think they're going to be gone. I don't think they're going to kill them off. I still think they're going to be like out there, but it's like Cap's going to go like walk into the like walk into the sunset, and Tony Stark's going to kind of be that piece that's going to kind of be floating through the MCU. Um, yeah, I, I do believe Marvels. They, I feel like especially now that they set themselves for contingencies, for a lot of the films they do, which is why Bucky looks like he also might be set up for to you know take the role as captain you know captain america and if they possibly get chris you know chris evans back they could probably bring him back if they wanted to but after that whole thing of like chris evans talking about on twitter which could have also been a stunt in some ways so people don't don't expect him to stay but who knows but i mean also if you saw homecoming you know that disney is well prepared for miles morales Oh yeah, because they're thinking way ahead. So I mean, Glover is the prowler. Yeah, and that's awesome. (laughs) I love that idea too. So I I mean, but but I'm very curious. Like I said, I'm with you, Alex. I think Fantastic Four is going to be very much the next big thing, and and I'm with and I and I think I, I I. 
told you what my theory was and how they can reintroduce the mutants very easily with them. Where they're back. essentially inhumans uh, in the, the MCU. Don't forget they made the inhumans because they didn't have rights to the X-Men. Like that's how that whole thing worked. And hopefully mm-hmm. the snap means we can actually get an inhumans movie again. What was that? The humans always existed. They didn't make them. They used them. No, but 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 they they, they use that because they couldn't use the X Men to make that arc better. I'm also excited for Disney to do mutants and the X Men and everything again because I was I was so tired of the same X whatever because it eventually became the same thing of like I'm different. I'm an allegory for you know a repressed minority group. Whoops! And it's like all right. But also, and it's like I'm repressed, and it's like okay, you can shoot laser out of your eyes, and and that's it. It's like I want them to explore more. I want them to go to space. I want there to be costumes. Give Wolverine a yellow or brown suit for God's sakes, you know. I want more because there's there's a rich, deep history inside of X Men and all that kind of stuff. And it feels so wasted when it's used for very like ham-fisted messages. When it's like the messages are deeper, just keep pushing, but they never get there. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I've, and I think that's maybe one of the reasons why they're playing, you know, because I know they want to do an Eternals movie. Um, I mean, you've already met two of them. You've already met Ego was an Eternal, and you had the head of Nowhere was an Eternal, so you know they're out there. They've already kind of sprinkled it through. But I know Kevin Feige is just chomping um, at Galactus and well, Silver Surf. Like, well, uh, so I agree I with... I still uh, also believe Stanley was a Celestial in my headcanon. Like well, he's they, hanging with the watchers, but he he's got to be more than that, especially yeah. if he's just chilling and being that blase throughout the universe. Yeah. So um, I agree with Alex and James that uh, yeah they're gonna I think they're gonna do Secret Wars next because they also uh, introduced Adam in the last Guardians movie. Yeah. But so, I, I also think they're going to wait a little bit for. I think they're going to do Secret Evasion specifically, but probably not Secret Wars. I thought because, Secret, or at least my hope. I'm just saying, like it could be, but my hope is still they get Venom back. Yeah, now you can give it to Tom Holland Spidey for this when he originally got it, so we don't get another like, oh, something landed on Earth and now it's the symbiote suit. Have it be the story where he tries to fix his suit and goes in the wrong room and accidentally gets a symbiote and doesn't know. Like that's a cool like new like new interest if a new viewer coming in that didn't know that origin. Were you gonna say something, Yo-Yo? Yeah, I, I was like, hold on, no, that's not right. Because yeah, Ego, the Collector, and um, Grandmaster. Yeah, but 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 have they set that up as they are? Because well, no, you said you only saw two two of the Eternals, Grandmaster, Collector, well, Eternals too, Eternals too. True, and I and, and I apologize if I did forget that. Thanks for correcting me. But I think in they've only mentioned ego. I think ego called himself like a god, but the collector and grandmaster haven't called themselves that. So Leo, do you know, have Reddit open? I don't, I, I don't think I, I don't think the MCU is considering them as Eternals because it looks like Thanos dispatched the collector pretty easily. And it didn't... So uh, speaking of Reddit, that uh, crazy. Just a real quick one of the uh, yeah. crazy. What's that, Yo-Yo? I'm trying to think. Isn't the head of nowhere celestial, not an internal? internal? Yeah, oh, sorry. Celestial. Sorry. sorry. My fault. Again, my, my wording was bad. Sorry. 
Celestial, because that's what Galactus is too, is Celestial. Come on, James. That is one of the most metal settings I've seen in a long time in a film. It's on yeah. a giant floating alien skull. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that, 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 was, that was my fault, guys. Sorry. You can just... Yeah. Dis- yeah. Oh, half, half our listeners already left. And there's, there's one thing I, I didn't get to say what I was actually hoping for. I'm actually hoping for original sin. Okay. Why is that? Go into it. Why? You don't think that would be interesting? No. No, I, I'm just curious about like why you're why you're excited for it. Well, the idea that like everybody has something to hide, that like really what Nick Fury's been doing all this time. Because I mean you're gonna have this setup that he's been like known about the the idea of powered, you know, people since Captain Marvel. Yeah. What has he been doing that time between Captain Marvel and meeting Thor and Iron Man coming, like becoming Iron Man. All the secrets he's collected and everybody else's secrets being, I don't want to see, you know, a watcher die, but still. No, I also, I'm also curious of, uh, am I hearing an echo? Is anyone else hearing that? I heard it for, I heard it for, for a second. second but it's gone. Yeah. Oh, all right. Um, I, I'm, I'm absolutely curious to see, uh, because there are rumors that there might be skull scrolls in the movies we've already seen. So again, I think they're going to recontextualize things. It makes you wonder, like, what if you find out like Nick Fury was a scroll this whole time or something like that? You know, like what? Because if they do it wrong, they can completely undone the built trust people had with these films. Uh, I mean, I could. Or, I could. You know, I if he was one of his clones. Yeah, I mean, they, are, they, they have a brief mention of um, what you call them? The oh god, I can't remember. Don't this. snap. We learned not to do that anymore. <laughs> half the universe is gone. Half. Stop. You're doing more than just half. <laughs> you did twice. Um, 66%. Damn you. That, I, Wouldn't that be so unfortunate if they had to go on that trying to jog his mind? The doubles. Uh, <laughs> the doubles like where they have everybody ha- like has doubles, like the fake doubles. Yeah. Yeah. He, Tony Stark, Stark makes a mention of that in Iron Man 2. Oh, I just man. all these films are trying to make Iron Man 2 better. You ever notice that? <laughs> <laughs> they have so, Peter I mean, Parker in Iron Man 2. He's a little I mean, kid canonically now. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like I said, I, I think I think they'll especially this will great great screen transit transition into the Cat Marvel new trailer that came out. You actually saw scrolls and what they do. Like that transition they showed was actually like pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Cause again, they showed them for like two seconds in their initial trailer. I'm like, okay, I don't really get this person, but now they're like, okay, now I see why these guys are dangerous because I'll be honest, I didn't know what a scroll was until they announced that they were gonna be the villains in Captain Marvel, and then that's when I was like Okay, I need. To, I want to know more about these villains, these characters. It just makes me excited because if they show like their power level of how threatening they are, and then introduce the Fantastic Four and show like how dangerous a Super Scroll is, one that can actually take powers away from others, like the Super Scrolls they have, like Ben Grimm's arms, flame powers, invisibility, you know, force fields and stretchy powers. Like, stop trying to talk about Fantastic Four Two: The Rise of the Silver Surfer. Okay. <laughs> yes, we know Chris Evans was the only saving grace of that movie, but still. And if Chris Evans comes back as a scroll, would you just to reprise that one scene? Oh my uh, God! If it was Chris Evans played the Human Torch in Captain America in the same movie, I would pay money to see that. Yeah. 
Life uh, model I, decoys. I'd be I'd be so excited. I I really want I really want Tom Holland to have a good relationship. Whoever plays the Human <coughs> Torch, because that's one thing I kind of liked in the comics. And plus, if they got the X Men, they could totally do Spider Man and his Amazing Friends as a film. They can do that. Like I would love if they did it, especially if they have Tom Holland going to college and stuff like that, and have that story go on. I think you would. Yeah, it's just something original and different. I think that's why MCU stays fresh and not just, oh, here's another one. Well, they also go, they use the actual source material. You know, that that's... Yeah. That's they what... use it and make it their own. Like, they take the, 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 the nuts and bolts of what the story is and make it their own. Yeah. Like, Infinity, yeah. like, the Infinity War story arc is completely different in the comics than it is in the movie. But there, you when you watch the movie, you're like... I know that scene in the comics, that scene makes sense. It's that a scene... proper adaptation. Yep. You know, because like I said, this what they've done Drax so far with the When Drax and Man... What do you say? Sorry. What do you say? Fits, like, the alterations fit what they've done so far with the MCU. Like, yeah. they kept as close as possible with making the alterations that they make it fit in this specific universe. True. It's, and, like, it's, it's the same thing when people complain about, like, Tony Stark and Spider-Man. Like, it fits within the context of the universe. You know, like it makes sense if you know like what this universe is because the film universe is its own thing. You know, it doesn't have to be exactly like the book, but if you know how like the big picture of everything works, it all fits in a certain way. You know, that's why if you notice like all the design work in the films always really back to Iron Man's suit because that's where a lot of the tech comes from. You know, that's why like the design is very focused. Like everything has a very specific purpose. Um, I mean, like I said, it, it's also too like when they pull from the source material, they're pulling from visuals too. Like I said, the, the scene where Drax and Mantis turn like with the reality stone turns into the springs of the blocks. That's right from the comic book. Those are two very distinguished panels. When you have the whole crashing in the Sanctum Sanctorum in the road, that was that same scene, but with uh, Silver Surfer instead of the Hulk. Like those were visuals. You can be like, those are from the comics like that is that's what i like about it that's what i like because i read infinity Infinity gauntlet before i saw the movie and i was like i know it's not going to be like this but i kind of see where it's going and now i'm curious to see how they wrap it up yeah it's when uh when they said like oh they're not doing another amazing spider-man tree or whatever and it's going back to marvel there are people like oh not another one i don't want to see anything like that and like i was holding the gospel to my chest and with my hand up in the air going no listen children it will be better i promise they know what they're doing it's going to be different it's going to be they're going to try something different that's why this body looks more classic but they also brought in the new things made it fit in i i loved homecoming i love what they did with it you know it fit did uh did you guys buy your tickets yet for captain marvel no, but I, there's a lot of theaters showings already like 50% sold. Yeah, wow. I, I bought my uh, tickets today and there was only a couple seats left for the uh, the first showing. My issue with that is, well, I actually have the time to see it like that day. So that's why I don't want to plan too far ahead. Yeah. I feel that too. Nothing's going to come nothing's gonna come up, so that's my luck. Um, so, no, I'm just looking forward to the, the new trailer and the featurette they dropped today. It's just showing me more about it, which I'm very excited about. 
I like what they're doing with it. And, and like, cause I don't know a lot about Captain Marvel. So it's one of those things like I'm very much, this is a movie that I'm like, okay, I want to know more about this character. Um, and one, someone at work, when I work with, that's like his favorite Marvel character is Carol Danvers. And we were talking about the trailer and I said, the one thing that still con- concerns me is that she does not have the majority of the speaking parts in these commercials, in these trailers yet. She had a little bit more of the dry humor you could tell, like in this previous trailer, with like, you know, putting your logo on hats really defeats the whole covert. Like, I thought that was funny. And then the whole yeah. thing about, like, you know, she beats up the old lady and then she's like, like the hair in her face. But like, my friend was like, she is a sarcastic person. Like, she is like very dry sense of humor, but also like, you know, can talk in the comic books. And that's what I mean. Like, this is the character. Like, I'm not seeing it come across in the trailer. Mm, I can't wait for it to be Iron Man. I just want that sass. <laughs> so, well, it's going to be awesome regardless. I, I, we know that, and uh, we're we're about to enter a new phase of Marvel. It's going to be very exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing we are going to be entering also is the uh, the summer of Stranger Things, James. So I'll be honest. I watched three episodes of the first season of stranger things it was very hard for me to get into it because i came in towards the end of it um because so i already knew a lot of the twists and the plot hole like all that stuff so it was very hard to be like i know what's gonna like i already know the ending of it but so jen then watched the whole first season and then when season two came out she didn't watch any of the second season and i was like well i want to watch the first season and know what's going on in the second season so Jen just started watching the second season. She goes, I'm watching it because the third season's coming out on July 4th. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll sit down and I'll watch a couple episodes with you. I started watching season two with Jen and I kind of was like, ooh, like, and I kind of had to fill in the gaps a little bit because I kind of knew enough from like, you know, the Nerdist breaking it down and like my friends talking about it. So I knew enough of like the major plot points in the first season, but it was more like, okay, like why does hopper know this why does you know will's mom like i had to kind of fill in those gaps i didn't see in the first episode or the second episode uh i'm excited to finish the second season i this third season again looks interesting um i don't know enough about the end of season two to how this is going to affect but the initial trailer they shot of them in the mall of like all the 80s stores and stuff like that it looks like the mall is like a big oh and the mall uh so it's episode three so they released all the titles um episode three is entitled mall rats yeah so i wonder do you think there's gonna be cameos yeah (laughs) we'll see pretzels we'll see jay and silent not to the kids please don't do that (laughs) uh also i mean it's uh summer 85 so i thought they already mentioned uh there's gonna be a uh, back to the future reference or uh Back to the Future episode, or the kids go to summer camp. Like, well, it's supposed to, like it, it, in the in the book, like they Stranger Things came out like a book or compendium or something like that, like the company, like the last couple seasons and this one. And there was something in, like the the episode, the the thing that dropped on New Year's, the the clip that showed the release date of July fourth was like something between yellow and uh, yellow and blue like the rift or a battle or something like that i'm very badly quoting it but if you look at the poster 11's in yellow and mike is in blue and they're holding hands and they're looking back oh so 
I still haven't seen the second season yet, so I'm just kind of gritting my teeth because I want to find a day, just a day to binge because I'm healthy like that. <laughs> well, that's the good thing about these shows, though, is you can do that. They, You got the whole season there, and whenever you're ready, you just go binge it. But I still have Netflix harassing me like, you okay? Do you want us to stop? That, that thing, <laughs> there needs to be an option you can turn that off. Like, I, for, for me, exactly. For me, when I put Netflix on and watch something for the boys, it's like every every hour and a half, like if they're watching like PJ Maxx or they're watching, you know, Boss Baby, like that, the cartoons and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. They come on being like, the TV shut off. And I'm like, oh, yes, they're still watching it. Like, who? why does it, why does it matter if they're not watching it? Like... I, I've had that doing babysitting jobs where it's just like, come on, you're not helping me out here, man. Just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I had two moments of silence. Please just keep playing. Yeah, I mean, Hulu doesn't do it. Like, Hulu doesn't do no. it. Amazon doesn't do Amazon it. Amazon does. I, I'll fall asleep watching uh, Ancient Aliens and then I'll wake up and I'll be like eight episodes past or something like that. Yes, I watch. I watch. I was about to say something about Animal Probe, but (laughs) I. Now the next subject of our topic is the mental health of Leo Pond falling asleep to ancient aliens, and yes, there's no way you can actually prove aliens in history. There's also no way you can prove it. So there you go. You've seen all of the all of the series. You've seen it all. I just told you what it was. And you can't see James is doing the uh, um, the uh, aliens beam. <laughs> yeah, uh, George uh, Sokolus there. Yeah, you know his name. Not his name? <laughs> you know his name. Oh God! <laughs> really do need have intervention. Who has the intervention banner? <laughs> I love that show. Uh, they, they also got a new one uh, called uh, Project Blue Book, and it has uh, Littlefinger from uh, Game of Thrones on there. Yeah, that, that, that's was that uh, on. That's about the yeah the the air force covering up the UFOs. Yeah, yeah, and he plays a scientist that's uh, uh, trying to prove aliens exist, and he's um, it's sort of like an X Files thing. He's the one that believes, and then his partner is the one that's like uh, doesn't believe or trying to cover it up. Have you ever seen that comic on? I think I've seen it on like Facebook. Where they're like X Files, the complete like the it's like four panels of like X Files, like the whole story arc, and Mulder's like, Look, aliens, aliens, creatures, aliens, aliens, and Scully's like, I don't know yet. And it's like nine seasons of this, like <laughs> <laughs> like it's like oh or it's like, Oh, look an alien and Scully's over here doing something and he's like, Look, over there, like a werewolf and she's like, Huh? Oh. And it's just like, you know, every episode is like well, you can't explain these un, you know, unexplainable things, but you know, you know, it can't be this. And I'm sitting there being like, this. How is this show get past the first season if this is the way like you did this first season of the show? Like, it's like it's no. The, it's the same crap we anyone would argue about Arrow, other crap like that. It was like what? Just, just do the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's also why I hated Heroes after a couple seasons because they would never do what they say they were going to do. Blasphemy. No, I like heroes, oh, okay. but I think after a while it was just like we're going to do the thing. Maybe next season, yeah. and then they never do that. They just do the same crap. Well, uh, well, the problem with heroes is uh, it was a that it, was during it was, the... a cas- it was a casualty of the writer's strike. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I, I believe in that, but also I think heroes was a big symptom of why X Men started to suck after a while because a lot of X Men stuff just became heroes, 
after a while where it was just people, but we have powers. Yeah. And then we're just going to, that's just it. <laughs> so if you listen, well, listening... that was the end of, I felt like that was the beginning of the end of those like type of shows. Just through the fact that you can't make 22 episodes out of that premise a yeah. year and have multiple seasons. That, that, well, I mean, with any show, I mean, I'm finding that like Supergirl, I enjoy Supergirl, but it's too many friggin' episodes, you know, half it, you know, give us 10 awesome episodes rather than, you know, 20 episodes with, you know, drama. do the half season 13 order. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, take the effort and extra time. So you have a good tightly knit story with s- smaller episodes. Yep. Because I'm sure it's like price they do monsters of monster of the week, you know. Yeah. Well, that's what especially it was, if it's a lackluster story. Yeah. Well, that's what it was flash in the first season. You're whipping through these his rogues gallery like every week. It's somebody new, and I'm sitting there being like, "How many weather wizards have they had now? Is it like three of them now? Because they basically were like, oh, we can do that one better. Let's. Oh, that was his brother. We'll do a better one.' Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they've done that. I mean, Captain Cold is dead because he yeah. died in Legends of Tomorrow. Like, you know, where's Captain Boomerang? Isn't that like his big baddie too? Like Brog is his big baddie and, we, and we've only seen him like twice. Yeah, Boomerang like, was used for a crossover episode and that was it, right? Something like that. But I was like, how is this not his main, one of his big I, baddies? I, like, I thought Boomerang was used in like Suicide Squad. No. Uh, no, no, in the show as well. Oh, in the show as they well? They had okay. one on The Flash where they crossed over with Arrow and they were just like, we need to do this. And yeah. that was also the time when Arrow found out that uh, more people were watching Flash than they were Arrow during that crossover because they actually crossed over to help the viewership of Flash, but it was actually helping them out. And now that's why Arrow went immediately lighter as it went on to be you know in the same boat with Flash. Because it turns out after so many years of gritty, semi-realistic superheroes and stuff, if you just put a guy in a costume and have him save people and stuff genuinely, people like it. Yeah. Well, it's funny because, you know, if we're doing on this DC rabbit hole for a second, um, you know, they ordered a pilot of Batwoman. They ordered yeah. a pilot for the new show. And basically they're stating that, you know, Barbara Gordon is in the is going to be in the episode as the Oracle. She's going to be kind of in the show because it's, it's in Gotham. But mm-hmm. they're basically going to bring the whole thing up is Bruce Wayne's missing. And like they hint to like um a statement that was said in like legends of tomorrow where he goes i've seen superman die and dark nights fall and like they're stating that this is happening after nightfall like the reason bruce wayne's missing is his back's broken mm-hmm. so this is where you have the other bat bat come through so but they've already said again is that you won't see you won't see bruce wayne you won't see batman which i'm like i don't care I enjoyed their Superman that he did at least. I think that could be its own show, but I still well, have weird them doing Superman. Yeah. Just talk of that. Yeah, I, I think that'd be fine at least. You know, if just you know, one lighthearted Superman would be nice. Yeah, and just you know, like I said, half the episodes put them on. I mean, if only we had some DC streaming service that you could put all this content on. You know. It wasn't a waste of money, time, and energy. I know, I know, but we won't rant about it. You know, uh, this week. Uh, even if you're not, if you can't see the visual right now, Leo is holding his fist so tight. They're going beat right red, just really red. He's gritting his teeth in anger. Well, actually it's, he wants to mute it so bad so he can just drop all the expletives. There we go. 
Yeah, uh, he's he even made he, up some special ones just for them. <laughs> Come on, Leo, curse, curse for the audience. They know you want. They want to hear uh, it. Let's just say it. Friggin' DC Universe, <laughs> holy crap! What a friggin' Whoa. waste of money. Uh, wow! <laughs> wow! So uh, we'll wrap things up with our picks of the week. Uh, who would like to go first? Oh. I will go first. Okay. Um, I discovered when I was building my Lego firehouse uh, for my birthday, um, the Bill Moore, the Bill Murray stories. Um, it's on Netflix. It's a documentary about some of the Bill Murray stories you've heard about Bill Murray sitting in an engagement photo session or showing up at a party and doing dishes and all these stories you hear and are they real are they true are they just tall tales like urban legends and it's about an hour and a half long documentary and it's very very funny it's very good it's very entertaining it's actually like a pretty cool message at the end of it basically being like you know and you know it basically just ends with like you know he the 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 guy wants to meet bill murray and talk to him about like an interview i'm like why do you do this why do you just show up at people's houses why do you like randomly like interact with people in a very surreal way um and you know one of the things they say is you gotta look at his characters in the movies a lot of them are just like live in the moment live in the moment now and enjoy your present and maybe that's what he's doing is trying to remind people that like live and look around us and see all that stuff it's a really good it's a really good movie it's very funny it's on netflix right now um, two people I know, my buddy Ryan Esposito is actually producer of it, and so he had a lot of fun making it. And then one of my friends, Chris uh, Beaumont from the New York City Ghostbusters, is in it as a as an interviewee. And the way he's in it is actually like really really funny, and it made me chuckle to a point where I I messaged him and was like, "Dude, I just watched this documentary with you." He goes about Bill Murray. He goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, that was a fun day. I laughed at myself when I saw how they cut, <laughs> cut that together." So check it out. It's on Netflix. It's called nice. the Bill Murray Stories. Is it's it like an hour and a half long? Is it's really ne- funny. Is it a Netflix uh, original or is this? No, it was actually released in theaters um, okay. for a short period of time and then just went to the streaming service like everything else. Oh, nice. I'll definitely check it out. Hmm. Uh, so uh, I'll go next. Uh, mine is uh, Polar. It's uh, looks awesome. This is going to be a Netflix original. comes out January 25th. It has a very... Um, John Wick vibe. It stars uh, Mads Mikkelsen. He's uh, so here's the uh, description: the world's top assassin, Duncan Vizsla, uh, aka the Black Kaiser, is played by Mads Mikkelsen, is uh, settling into retirement when his former employer marks him as a liability to the firm. Against his will, he finds himself back in the game, uh, going head to head with an army of younger, faster, ruthless killers who will stop at nothing to have him silenced. And uh, it's uh, actually it's based off of a graphic novel by Dark Horse Comics. And uh, I think this is something Netflix is going to be doing more often since they're not doing the Marvel comics anymore. Uh, I think they're going to find these, you know, other, you know, um, lesser known graphic novels and uh, do shows based off of them. But the trailer looks awesome. I- I'm excited for it. Nice. Yeah. Did you see the guy who played Kingpin in the Daredevil series actually promoted a website that is all about saving the Daredevil show? Yeah, there, there's a um, petition going on right now for it. And uh, that's, uh, I want to say Vigo Mortensen, but it's not. Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio, yes. Yeah. 
Well, we kind of just have to wait one more year for Disney to get back the rights to put it on their streaming service. Well, Kevin Feige already said that Daredevil's not dead. Basically, he kind of left it at that being like, we like what they did, that that iteration of Daredevil. So that's not going away anytime soon. I do hope they, if they can't make it a show, make it a film. Yeah. Bring them in to the main group. Yeah, and one, well, not, to would, seg- not to segue back into the conversation, but still, just like I hope they do. Set, set them up with Black Widow or Hawkeye. I want them to be buds with Spidey. I just want everyone to be friends with Spidey. That's all I want. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be uh, kind of a cool, like little, like one-off thing. Yeah, if to get yeah. the same same actors, I mean that that would be yeah. awesome. Charlie uh, Cox is awesome. I met him at Boston Comic Con a couple years ago. He was super nice. And you heard the story of why he lost the role to to play Han Solo, right? He auditioned, but he was practicing to be a blind man for so long. His eye contact was shit. Oh, really? He lost, he lost the role because of that. that that's... <laughs> What's that? I don't see him as Han Solo, though. Yeah. I don't think he'd be too bad. I think he would have been just as good as the guy they got. Um. So I would say recommendations. It's kind of hard because uh, lately I've been kind of preoccupied, but I'm going to recommend probably some comics. Um, I probably recommend, uh, you know, going out and checking out um, um, one thing substantial I saw a little bit lately that DC released this thing called uh, Sasquatch Detective, which is about a female Sasquatch and she uh, overheard a television saying the LA police were so desperate for new police officers that they would even hire a Sasquatch. So she came out of hiding, um, you know, to the dismay of her own parents, went out to LA and became a police officer and slowly became a detective because she was very good at handling criminals because she's a Sasquatch and it's great. It's a very charming (laughs) series. It could even be animated for how much charm it's got. Um, I think the number ones are still out. If you really want to rush and get them, I think there's a lot of possibilities for this kind of one-off book. Um, And uh, um, I also recommend that coming up, we have the new number one of the goon because it's now being published by Albatross funny books. That's Eric Powell's publishing company, I believe. And it's going to be a whole new number one. And if you're a collector, I definitely think you want to go after that, but also Please get into The Goon. It is fantastic. It is a wonderful book. If you like Hellboy or anything like that, it's great. And if you also heard that Netflix picked up a new show with uh, robots and whatever animated anthology series that's being done by David Fincher and Tim Miller, and they both worked together previously on trying to make a Goon animated film. But it was shipped around. It kind of floundered a bit because no one would pick it up because it was an R-rated animated film. So this possibly could be a foot in the door to get The Goon as a film at Netflix at some point. That's just my conspiracy and fingers crossed, but definitely, I would definitely recommend getting into the series. It's great. Well, they're definitely doing a lot of uh, specialized animated um, series. They just released uh, Godzilla, uh, the third movie for that. Uh, You have a ton of different manga, uh, or manga, however you say it. uh, (laughs) Uh, it's better to say both than either or. <laughs> but, 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 uh, what is it? Uh, but yeah, no, I saw the trailer for Carmen San Diego and I cried. I, I I never saw the original or even like knew about it, but 
It looked great, right? Impossible. How is that possible? I've what? I've never seen it either. I sold I sold the game. I was never interested in uh how could oh, you wait, yo yo, you didn't know about it? No, how how could you never seen Carmen San Diego? I've... So 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 Carmen San Diego on Netflix is animated and it comes out at the end of the month. And they make her like an anti-hero, like to a point where she is like trained by Vile, the organization, but she, because she doesn't like what they're doing, so she has to beat them to the punch and steal all these artifacts and stuff to be one step in front of the bad guys. So she's mm. technically a good guy doing bad things to like protect this stuff. And I sat there like this, I was like, question. Um, I don't know how I feel about that part. Like, why? Like, she has a perfect... She's the best thief in the world to a point where she steals historical artifacts under the people's nose. Like, like she, she would steal the Statue of Liberty. Like, that's something, like... That's epic. Like, and now she's like this, I do it to protect them and to get... No, I'm done. Like, I was all excited to watch you and I don't care anymore. That well, makes me sad. Well, yeah. I... So, I, I well, you don't know. This could be her first arc... Maybe she becomes a badass and steals every landmark in history. Um, it would be pretty funny if they ended off with her taking all of the um, Mount Rushmore heads, just for just for the fun of it. <laughs> maybe she maybe she has that southern border wall. Anywhere, Yo Yo, what's uh, what's your pick? <laughs> oh God, we're so close to uh, the end. <laughs> um, I actually have two picks, and they both came from um, CES because that actually started. Oh this yeah. Week. Iconic show. Um, they're both TVs. Okay. Um, one would be the LG Signature Series um, OLED TVR, and the R stands for rollable. Yes. A rollout TV. So did they, they do that last year or two years ago? No, no, they had the wallpaper TV. This one actually has like a whole like beautifully made soundbar and like system where it rolls out, extends out. So when you're not using the TV, it goes away. And that's actually is uh, coming out for sale this year, right? Yep. Crap. And it's going to be ridiculously <laughs> expensive. But it's. Oh, we'll give it six months. How, how expensive? Oh, no. you, you're, you're still probably looking like a good like four years before it's going to become price point where like, I would consider ever spending the money on it. Um, if I had all the money in the world, then I'd be buying it as soon as possible. But I do not. So, how much? Uh, what are they saying for price point? Well, they said was it was going to command a premium price. Um, I'm assuming probably in the nine thousand, ten thousand dollar range. Oh wow! Doing wallpaper. Well, so, okay, it's not a big deal. Yeah, buy that, we'll, that's we'll, that much. Hey, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll that's, like, that's what I got in my back pocket, right? <laughs> <laughs> And what's your other TV pick, Yo-Yo? Um, it's actually going to be Samsung's, their micro-LED. Um, these are actually panels that make up a TV. Oh. Last year they showed one off, and that was about like 105, 120-inch TV. So not something practical. Um, this year they showed off a 75-inch one. Ooh. So it's getting a bit more practical, and it's using um, – so it's – Kind of the same concept as the OLEDs. So the OLEDs um, are every single pixel has its own light. But this is using LEDs instead of the organic um, way, which is what the OLEDs are using. 
they're using non-organic materials. But you still get the same black levels. You don't have any of the issues that OLED can tend to have, such as burn-in, um, things like that. You're not going to have, like, like, if you keep a static image on an OLED TV for too long, it's stuck there. It's never going to go away. You don't have that issue with LCD. And that micro-LCD gives you that the same black levels and the same contrast without having those pitfalls. And it's panels. You, like, literally piece together the panels. You're like, oh, no, I just want a 60 and not put some panels up. And it'll still be functional. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So, so super exciting things coming from some TV companies. Going. I can't, I can't yeah. wait to afford all these things when they're probably in a junkyard by then. Yeah. Just <laughs> when everyone has like holograms and like wallpaper TVs and stuff. Wallpaper, wallpaper TVs are already been out to say it. That was last year's. I still can't oh, afford wow. it. That's why I'm saying <laughs> I'll never afford anything. So before we go for the night, I wanted to leave you guys with an interesting fact uh, of history from the city of Boston that happened 100 years ago today. Snapple time. So 100 years ago today was the Great Molasses Flood. Oh. So basically what the Great Molasses Flood was also occurred on um, – Occurred in the North End neighborhood of Boston, a large molasses storage tank burst and a wave of molasses rushed through the streets at an estimated 35 miles per hour, killing 21 and injuring 150 people. Holy so shit. The molasses wave at one point was measured to be at least 40 feet tall. Wow. What year, was, what year was this in? 1919. Huh. I wonder if that had any sort of thing that inspired the blob. Basically, it stated uh, the Boston Post reported uh, molasses waist deep covered the streets and swirled and bubbled around the wreckage. Here and there struggled to form whether it was an animal or human being was impossible to tell. Only an upheaval and thrashing about in the sticky mess showed where any life was. Horses died like so many flies on sticky flypaper. The more they struggled, the deeper in the mess they, in, they were ensnared. Oh. Human beings, men and women, suffered likewise. Oh, that's sad. That is sad. That's it. But like that is that's history. That's a happy fact, folks. We'll see you next week. <laughs> oh no, I thought they. It's one of those things. I sat there and I read it today, and I was like, "Oh, that sucks." Yeah, because that you're like awesome, you're walking though. through the, the anniversary of that. You don't have to worry about random molasses floods. <laughs> like, we well, don't know that. Knock on wood, right, audience? <laughs> you're sitting there, like I mean, imagine the morning. You're walking your dog, and you're just like, "This is how I'm going to die with a 40 foot tall wave of molasses coming at me at a speeding car." All right. I thought when molasses was slow, and yeah. I think I'm more interested in the year that happened afterwards where a mother slams like a glass on the floor yelling at her son. It's like, don't put that shit on your toes. That's how your father died. Don't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, on that note, we'll wrap things up. I want to thank you all for joining us today. And uh, Alex, where do you like people following you? You can follow me on Instagram. You can follow me usually at Pure Alex Hoy at Twitter. You can search me up. Um, and I uh, like Art of Alex Hoy. Basically, look up my name and find artists or cartoonists, and you should eventually find my artwork and stuff. 
and uh yeah feel free to share follow be a friend you know i won't bite not too much yo yo um you can find me at boy meets phone on instagram twitter facebook and youtube and also yo saint laurent on those same social media channels and yeah pretty much and sometimes uh, at work and at the next next uh brony (laughs) festival maybe (laughs) (laughs) james you can find me at longtime storm on the instagram in the tweets um also uh me and jen's podcast um i we're recording our first episode of the new year tonight uh tomorrow actually um so that'll probably upload it on friday so definitely tune that out it's a dork physique um, and I know we've been saying this for a while. It's just one of the things that that's probably getting on both our schedules to sit down and record. Because uh, our first episode is going to be a little bit of a doozy, just because it's a lot of uh, follow up and housekeeping to get the uh, podcast back up on the rails. So check us out at at Adork Physique at Instagram and on Facebook, uh, so you know when those episodes, those episodes will drop on iTunes and um, where else? iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Sure. Yep. Okay. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Hooray! <laughs> uh, Where can you... people find you? Well, uh, just Google Leo Pond. You'll find a bunch of stuff, and uh, most of it should be true. Uh, but more importantly, make sure you follow the Dorkening. That's where you can find all our stuff for Dorks Are Us, The Wicked Horror Show, The Dorkening, and uh, also uh, check out our friends over at Secret Underground Hideout as well. They're part of the network. And, uh, yeah, the uh, I'm I'm. Are you guys gonna be doing any keto stuff? Um, we're gonna do an uh, episode about different types of diets. You know, keto. You know, Atkins stuff like that. We're gonna research, um, and we're gonna talk to hopefully do some more about that stuff. But if we need someone to talk about it, Leo, okay, we'll be we'll cool. be your first call. I'm uh, I know uh, Alex is killing it in the weight loss there, but uh. I'm sad to yep. say uh, during uh, the Christmas holiday. I'm, I'm, I, th- I think I'm over. I think I dropped 165 pounds so far. That's insane. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of Atkins too involved, yeah. but now I have a uh, gastric uh, sleeve is what I currently have. Wow. If you were all curious and it's, it's fine and functional. Uh, I know, I know there's a lot of stigma against uh, that kind of surgery, but it's good if you get the right surgeon and I have a wonderful surgeon. Yeah. Nice. You also did a lot of research and stuff before that too. I, I know oh, you're absolutely. Working, yeah. you, you have to prep. If you're going to do anything in your life, you have to be careful. Yeah. Um, I, during the Christmas holiday season, uh, I will wrap things up after this, but, uh, I put on 25 pounds and getting well, back. I, I hope it was worth it. Ah, oh, it'll be worth it. Here's the thing, though. I love keto. Getting back on it, I'm already down 19 of those 25. Holy nice. shit. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and I feel so much better being back on track. It's just you, you get a different mindset on keto. You're, it's just like you're you're more focused and just overall feel a ton better. Well, I do anyway, so... But we'll wrap things up. I think uh, we kept you guys long enough, uh, a little bit past the hour mark. I'm sorry for that, but we'll uh, we'll catch you guys later. Bye. Keep yes. those endorphins up. We believe in you. <laughs>